Thrill Me podcast is back after a week of diehard flicks. I'm your host, Adam. Jared is with me. Adam. Gibbo had to beg off because obviously this is a horror film. Mm. Or horror films. Yep. We've actually decided this week we will do another franchise smackdown. We did the Halloween franchise smackdown probably, what, a month or so ago? Yeah, two months ago? Two months, I think. It was in that particular episode we covered Halloween 5 versus Halloween 6. I prefer not to discuss it. Yes. Don't want to, don't want to relive it. It turned out that um, neither of us could... Succumb any ground, Jared was still a Halloween 5 supporter and I was a Halloween 6 supporter. No, supporter's the wrong word. Okay. We both felt that <laughs> they were the worst Lesser films. of two evils. Yes. This time, we're going to do it slightly differently, and this time the franchise we're looking at is Friday the 13th. This time we're actually, we, we, we had a look around the web at a few places who had ranked the series from 1 to 12. And pretty much the majority of them came to the conclusion that Jason Goes to Hell is the worst movie of the 12. Yes. There was varying, uh, almost every list we looked at was different. We didn't find two that were similar. There was, there was big variances across all of them. Yeah. But Jason Goes to Hell came out the worst. Yeah, it was always in that bottom couple, if not at the bottom. So we're calling that the champ in this particular SmackDown. That's the champ. We have decided to look at part five. We're bringing in a contender. Yeah, we feel he's part five's the highest contender. Mm. So what we've decided to do is look at part five, then look at Jason Goes to Hell and decide if they got it wrong. There's whispers around Jason X. There were some whispers around Jason X. A lot of people think he should be the number one contender. Yeah, there were a few whispers around Jason X. But uh, but we've debunked that with a, you know... Well, underrated sequel. I not, wouldn't I say believe. debunked it. I'd say we're the idiots that. Well, I'm the idiot that actually kind of likes it. True. So, but we've played our hand with that one a little and bit. Yes. We both. I think we're both in agreement that we think part five is worse than Jason X. Anyway. Yes. Okay. So, we're going to start with the contender. Hmm. We're going to look at Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: A New Beginning. And critique it as to the quality of the film, and then we're going to look at it in comparison with Jason Goes to Hell. So, without basically, further ado, basically we're going to hell. To correct, <laughs> correct to do this actual podcast. So, without further ado, we're going to jump into Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: A New Beginning. It was directed by Danny Steinman. He did a bit of porn, I believe. Is that, that, that that's what was brought up in the Crystal Lake Memories documentary? You're a fan, a follower. Of no, his work? I got a follower of his work. Um, rest in peace. I believe he died recently. Oh, he didn't have a lot in the resume. Put it that way. It stars nobody of note. Uh, it is produced by Frank Mancuso. Junior, well, executive produced by Frank Mancuso Junior, written by 
Martin Kretroza, David Cohen and Danny Steinman. None of them really had much in the working, in, in the script writing canon. A synopsis of this film, basically... It's a bit light on. Yeah, a group of kids at a halfway house slash mental institution slash, I don't know, apartment block. Resort. Resort, yeah. Um, uh, Country getaway. And killed off by Jason Voorhees. Trailer park. Or is it Jason Voorhees? <laughs> well, I'll let that uh, hang in the air for a second. I was going to say, we we're going to spoil the territory, but you've just kind of put forth as much mystery as the movie yes, did about correct. that. correct. I believe this movie was budgeted at about $3 million and, and came in with a, uh, a box office take of about $26 million. So it was reasonably successful after the success of Friday the 13th, the final chapter. General thoughts, Jared. And a score out of five. And oh. please... Just be open to, you know, comparison here. Look, I don't know. I can barely give it more than about one and a half, I reckon. But it's kind of... I mean, I've had to watch this twice in six months now because <laughs> I, I'd already watched it going through the series again and then you put this forward and I thought, oh, jeez, I've got to watch it again. But I did... And, um, begrudgingly Begrudgingly But there's a couple of bits that really make me laugh Still Yeah Not intentionally They're not supposed to be humorous No But they are And that's about the only That's about the only entertainment I'll get out of the whole movie So One and a half is One saying. and a half Is that too high? Nah Yeah Yeah that's too high <laughs> This is a A half star film for me <laughs> It's a half star Jeez. Look, the movie's got absolutely zero plot. It's it's there's nothing happening. You pointed out ten of the twenty odd kills. I think it's got in it. I don't even think it's twenty. Might be more. There's about yeah, probably less than that, and I reckon ten to twelve for the people. Are just fodder characters that we've never even seen before. And I understand this is a Friday the Thirteenth, and you're not looking for Academy Award winning work. But some semblance of a plot that makes sense. Yeah. All the characters that are in there, I mean, you said we've never seen them before. We see them briefly, a couple of them, but then you get a few of them, like the Greasers and Demon. Um, Demon's my favourite in the movie. <laughs> but you get Demon and his girlfriend, and they are literally just introduced to kill off. I mean, this this is the the, the shit sandwich of the Friday yeah. the 13th season. Couple of them, couple of the patients. Are they patients? Or we don't uh, even know what they are. A couple of the patients are in there... And do nothing but mill around in the back of a scene and then they have their own scene to immediately get killed off. And yeah, like, yeah, it's, just, it's weird. There's nothing. There is nothing there, plot-wise. Exactly. Let's get into the likes. Now, this is going to be an interesting likes because a lot of these are actually probably dislikes to most other people, but yeah. we're more seeing them as something we kind of got a laugh out of. Yeah. Corey Feldman's cameo. That wasn't a laugher. It was about the best... He was probably the best the actor in the movie. <laughs> it was the, that scene just sort of set a nice little tone to start with. Yeah, decent. Although I still can't understand why those motherfuckers are yahooing and <laughs> carrying on. And, oh, I've got to check out the main man. Uh, yeah. yeah right. And I can't, like you pointed out, that um, J- Jason's uh, coffin's about a quarter of an inch deep. Like it's, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. They, they seem the, to be the, digging. They scrape the dirt <laughs> off the top and open her up. 
But the aside, other is, from, aside from logistical matters. Yeah, the, the, the other thing is you're yahooing and carrying on like a dickhead. Look, you're robbing graves. <laughs> I'm keeping that shit on the download. You know, I'll keep it quiet. I'm not yahooing and carrying on. Yeah, yeah, they're making enough noise to literally wake the dead. Yes. Admittedly, this is all a dream sequence, so I can ex- understand that a little bit. Hmm. Now, once we actually get to the institute... Now, the thing is, the side of the truck says Unger Institute of Mental Health. Mm-hmm. There are no, you know, there's no fucking fences, there's no guards, there's nothing. So what... You're catering for yourself. You're catering for your own mental hair and your own sort of Maybe. Care here. Maybe it's a spa and retreat. <laughs> I don't know. But the guy, the orderly, I can't remember what his name is. Billy, talk about sleazy. We talked about sleazy. This guy, in the first two minutes of the movie, one of the, um, Pam, the final girl, she comes out and she says, hey, Tommy, you know, I'm Pam and nice to meet you. You know, we'll get you set up and everything. And then as she she walks off and and old mate Billy goes, oh, okay, thanks for that or whatever. And then grabs his ear. And goes, this Anna. <laughs> and I mean, he's one step away from unzipping his fly and getting his dick out. And you it's know, if this ridiculous. movie's remade in 2015, he's taking cock shots and sending them on Snapchat. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty He's ridiculous. one of those types. Yeah. He's a, yeah, sleaze. He's pure sleaze. Two great lines in the movie. <laughs> the only two. Number one. Some damn enchiladas. <laughs> Number two, you big dildo. <laughs> That's just a little bit of motherly love yeah, to Junior yeah. there. Between the two sort of um, backwards types who yes. live out in the sticks. Yep. A number of people survive. This was something you liked. Yeah. A number of people survive. Yeah. Why do you like that? What's, what do you get out of it? I don't know. I just think it, it, um, it actually throws a bit of mystery in somewhat, like, when you're watching a slasher and it just conforms to the final girl and and no one else, you kind of you know what's going to happen all along. Mm. And I know that's not necessarily why people watch the slashers for the mystery of it, but I just think it adds a bit of unpredictability around it. And yeah, you know, it just adds to a bit of the thrills um, that you get from the movie. And I just yeah, I, I kind of enjoy it sometimes when they they have multiple characters that make it through. Yeah, I, I kind of get to that. That actually is a good idea because the number of people survives sort of throws that, you know, not everyone's going to die in these movies, you would hope, mm. if it was legit. problem with this movie is you don't give a shit about any of these people. Yeah, well, there's that. The survivors are all just fucking fodder, you know. They, they've that, barely spoken. That and the fact that anybody that you spend more than five minutes with survives. Every yeah. other character is in there for just... Just to be killed just off. To, yeah. And the last thing... Oh, no, the second last thing. The second last thing. The final girl is actually all right. When she finally gets something to do, she actually has a legitimate crack. She takes him on with a um, with a chainsaw. She, you know, she at least does a bit. Now, there's one more like, Jared, the floor is yours on this one because <laughs> this guy is awesome. <laughs> well, I said it was by way of dislike almost because, again, it's a pretty – Pretty ordinary character, and he is just there to be killed. But the, the three odd minutes that you get of Demon <laughs> is pure gold. It's just gold. Uh, 
For starters, Miguel Nunes is actually a good actor. Yeah, he's not a bad. I reckon actor. I'll throw him as probably the best actor in the in the piece. Yeah, yeah. And he probably. actually had a you know he's had a decent singing voice as well. Decent singing voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for starters, as you pointed out, you you go to the truck. You know, Reggie goes to see Demon, and he's in his little little van. He opens up the back. He's got the suede <laughs> set up. It he's is got... an honest to goodness fuck van. <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably got a water bed. <laughs> and, a, and a mirror on the ceiling. I was more, uh, I was more sort of taken by his um, his choice of food. <laughs> he seems to have every bit of takeaway that's ever been made in that van. I think what what did you he offer? Some he <laughs> offers some, uh, some fucking egg rolls. Do you want some fucking tacos? Pizza, pizza. Taco? <laughs> Shit. So, so I Where mean, have you been? <laughs> look, the man knows how to. The man knows how to cater for a guest. Yeah, that's right. He obviously knew. He, he obviously knew that. Yeah, Reggie was coming. And then, I mean, they're there for about a minute and then they've got to leave and the very next thing that happens is the enchiladas get a hold of him. <laughs> and then we start getting the light, you know, we start seeing his face where he's kind of, he's grimacing and stuff like that. And then your favourite line. Some damn enchiladas. What I love about that scene is she, him and the girlfriend are sitting in the back of the fuck van and she, and she goes, she's smoking a joint. And she turns to him and goes, do you want to hit this? And he takes it and then he suddenly goes, <laughs> and his bowels immediately. <laughs> his bowels tense up immediately <laughs> and he just takes off with the old shuffling run to the duddy. The shuffle to the duddy is and he's leather duds. brilliant. That's oh. again, that's almost, it's almost slapstick when he's, <laughs> when he's running to the toilet. And then, you know, when he gets in there, the look of relief on his face. <laughs> as we said, it looked like he it was, it was involved in some sort of sexual <laughs> act in there. Getting that, a blowjob or something. <laughs> they're going, oh. <laughs> but this is at a trailer park. It's a trailer park bathroom, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. a couple of Winnebago's in the background and the like. Yep. Then we get into... Probably Demon's Achilles heel somewhat. He's in the toilet. He's dropping a loaf. His missus starts shaking the dunny. <laughs> and he says, oh, it's pretty disgusting in here and da-da-da. And she starts going, ooh, baby. No, no, no. First off, let's just get to his kind of, I don't know, maybe he should be in the mental maybe home bi- he's got <laughs> bipolar or something because she starts shaking it and then... He realises it's her and he goes, you're going to get it, bitch. <laughs> so he's going from like raging sort of. Raging, I'm going to beat my girlfriend. I'm going to beat the woman, yeah. To some sweet, sort of singing. Soft and sultry. Is it a sweet lullaby? It's a bit of a lullaby. She starts singing too. The, the sort of 10 seconds where he's sitting on the toilet going. It's just magic. It's cinema magic. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and then it's it's broken up by quick fire. You fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's exactly right. He starts with you're going to get it, bitch. Then sings her a little bit of ooh, baby. Yeah. Then the thing starts shaking again. And, yeah, he's back into it. He's, he's doing up he the pants quickly. He's he going, yeah, wait till I get out of <laughs> He does not wipe his ass. <laughs> Common problem, in, <laughs> common problem in this movie, which we'll get to. Uh, and Crystal Lake 
as you pointed out, based on some of the other films, has a bit of a hygiene issue. Nobody <laughs> likes to wipe their freckles. Now, <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene in part three, if I remember rightly. The guy that um, who runs the general store. Oh, yeah. He's nicking donuts and stuff. <laughs> he goes away. His wife tells him to piss off. And then it, we get a slow roaming camera shot in the toilet. All we hear is... <laughs> like a real nasty turd. And then he gets up without wiping his <laughs> So Demon is just keeping the tradition going. Yeah. Of, fr- of Crystal Lake residents who don't know how to wipe their own asses. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, there's a couple of them in this movie. So <laughs> it's just an epidemic in Crystal Lake. I bet they don't brush their teeth either. Yeah, yeah. Pretty... That's, that's the likes covered, I think, isn't it? That, that's about it. Pretty much, yeah. And really, some of those are pretty much dislikes that were just amusing. Yeah. So they fell into the likes category. I think we just talked about Demon for longer than he was actually on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he did nothing. The dislikes. I said before, what kind of mental hospital has no fences, no guards, nothing? Like... What are they in there for? Well, that's the thing. There's no, I mean, we're probably asking a bit much from this type of movie <laughs> to explain this, but it's a bit hard to cop. I require an explanation. Well, it's a bit hard to cop when um, you've got a bloke who is visibly agitated, yeah. chopping wood with an axe, yeah. and and there's nobody nobody else there. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, no, like, um, there's no counsellors, there's nothing. The nobody's, telling, nobody's telling Joey... Fuck off and leave him alone. Yeah, or saying... He's upset. Listen, mate, we've gone over your anger issues before and we've said, no axes for you? So let, You just, can use a rubber let, axe. <laughs> just, just let me take that one. Yeah. He, he, he's <laughs> chopping wood. He chops Joey into a million pieces. Now, Joey is possibly the worst representation of, of like... Mental health or, or he's meant to be slow, I think, isn't yeah. he? I think in any movie I've seen. It'd be up there. Yeah, it's right up there. It's it's really, really poor. The whole movie is just black and white, sort of just cardboard cutout characterizations of anyone with a with Yeah, mental with mental illnesses. Like, you got one guy with a stutter, you've got two nymphomaniacs, is that right? Yeah. I, I believe so. they're two nymphomaniacs. We've got the girl who does the robot later on. I don't think that was... She's just anti-social. Yeah, she's like anti-social. Well, to me, she just seems quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no real effort to paint any of these people as a, a picture of kind of they have an issue of some kind. They should have just... Tommy. They should have just gone... It's like they should have just gone with the summer camp again. But said, you know, it's a summer camp for high care people. No, or oh, it could have been a summer camp and Tommy's been given a... No, you wouldn't send Tommy to a summer camp. No, well, it, it, it's sort of like, it seems like they started with that character and then thought, okay, so how can we get him into that kind of Crystal Lake setup? Mm. So they they just sort of made people milling around and, you know, just hanging for, out for, together. for death's sake. Yeah, yeah, so I don't even know if you needed the mental institution aspect of it. No, no, because it doesn't actually add anything to this. It doesn't no. showcase any... Development of any of the characters for any reason other than to be killed. Yeah. Like, they're only moving from point A to point B to be murdered. Yep. Tommy, does anyone notice that Tommy doesn't look anything like Corey Feldman? <laughs> well, as we said, there's three actors that have played Tommy and none of them look like 
each other yeah, in the slightest. Yeah. Not at all. Like, not even close. It was even more jarring in this one because you had Corey Feldman make that little cameo yeah, of Star as young and Tommy. Then, and then they cut to, from him directly to John Shepard. Yeah. And, and it's you, like, who's this bloke? <laughs> and what's the timeline on this stuff? You know, we've had, we had the final chapter in 1984. We had um, A New Beginning in 1985. And Tommy Jarvis' age, 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the timeline was shot by that point anyway. Yeah, I know, it? but shit, um, I think Friday the 13th Part 8, which was made in 1988, was actually a set in 1998 <laughs> or, or 2008. I don't know, somewhere along that timeline, is a 20-year dip. Oh, jeez. Now, let's get to the greasers. The greasers, your favourite. Now, favorites. we talked about fodder characters, we talked about fodder, and, and we'll, we'll have a bit of discussion here about the, the characters of, of that are just pure fodder for this movie. Hmm. The two greasers... Two guys who've got a broken down car they don't inside even, the road. They have no connection with the mental. They don't I cross assume. over at all. They're not in the mental hospital at all. No, no, they don't cross over with anyone them. else at all. They look like a pair of a couple of guys from the T Birds <laughs> from fucking Greece. Yeah, they're singing too. Yeah, yeah. Rat a tat 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 tat. <laughs> oh fuck! And then um, one of them goes to fix the car. I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> Right. Couldn't he have just said I'm going to take a piss But he says no I'm taking a shit He doesn't have a roll of bog roll <laughs> We've surmised Me and Jared After sort of really scrutinising the tape That he wiped his ass with his socks <laughs> <laughs> I, hope they his, I hope they weren't his good socks No 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 they had holes in them That was fine <laughs> He left a pair of socks in the woods And he came back Yeah it just in the loafers I think this is the only movie um, Where I could probably we found a pattern of a running theme of you go to the toilet, you don't wipe your ass, you sing a few bars, you get killed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Do you think that the was in of the movie? The lesson of the movie is is hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Wipe your fucking ass. <laughs> wipe your ass. And don't see and you'll probably survive. The director and the writer were just sick of people not wiping their ass. So what? this one's a caution <laughs> this one's a cautionary tale about if you get into <laughs> It's not it's not the cautionary tale of sex equals death. It's a dirty ass <laughs> equals death. Look, if you get hit with if you get hit with it. You know, at an inopportune time, be prepared. You know, have something to wipe your ass with. Tissues. <laughs> Packet of tissues. Something. Um, you know, and what I love too is the, the greaser. Who tickets? Have, have, have a roll of tickets in your car. <laughs> it was a small roll. It was just the end of the roll. That'll do. Isn't it funny that, too, that the, the greaser who's been off dropping a log... He comes back and his mate is fucking face down in the car. <laughs> like face down under the bonnet. And no doubt dead. And of course, he just goes, Oh, this car better be fucking ready to go. You're a dead man. He's too concerned with his greasy ass. (laughs) As we said, you know, when you sort of, (laughs) he had a tight pair of strides. So if if you're not wiping your backside and then you've got a tight pair of pants, there's not a lot of airflow in the jodpers. You've got to sort of, you really. You know, yeah. it's hard to think about anything else. That's right. That's right. They're, they're, they're definitely fodder and they're early on in the fodder department. But then we get this weird guy because we've got these two sort of backwoods characters, Ethel and Junior, who are living in out in the, out in the woods. <laughs> and um, they are basically uh, living on their own 
causing all sorts of problems. Eating a lot of stews. Eating a lot of stews and calling. She keeps calling him a fucking idiot and all sorts of stuff. The dildo. The dildo and stuff. So they're out there and then she turns to the door one day um, when she's making a stew and here's this guy in a dirty singlet going, uh, uh, yeah, can I work for a meal? Never seen him before. We see him for maybe a minute, yep. about a minute. He disappears off to clean up the, the hen house or whatever. Then we get our two nymphomaniacs deciding that it's time for a little bit of um, sex. They run down to the to a, uh, a, a quite a large clearing just mm-hmm. to make it easy. And old mate is standing in the bushes watching them. And not only is he watching them, he's, he's in... cleaning his own hen house. <laughs> not only is he watching them, he gives it one of these. He's watching them have sex and he goes like this. He sticks his tongue out and licks his lips while he's watching. It's kind of ugh, skeezy. It's very much like our mate, the, the other tongue guy. It was ordinary. Now, to the if two... you're keeping count, too, with the nymphomaniacs, that's, uh, that's seven... Yeah, fodder carry. Well, we've just now talked about Damon and his girlfriend, the greases, yeah, um, the the backwoods types, and the yeah, the the nymphos. No, no, the the what's and the, the vagrant, the vagrant. That's seven people. Seven people just so fodder. Far. Haven't really got to know any of them. They do nothing in the entire movie. The nymphomaniacs is an interesting one because they get down to the clearing and <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> well, I know where you're going with this. Basically, uh, they get down to the clearing and they take their clothes off and while this is happening, the vagrant's watching them and they cut away from the vagrant and they're, oh, yeah, yeah, and they're getting into it. Cut back to the vagrant, he gets killed, cut back, and, and they're finishing up. Yep. Now, I'm, I'm thinking 20 to 25 seconds. I, I kind of counted just after it happened. It was that quick we could sort of go back and count. I don't even think it lasted 20 seconds. <laughs> And then his response is, oh, I've got to go wash up, wash up. They've topped Halloween 1 for the quickest quickest shag in cinema history. Um, he says, I've got to go wash up. <laughs> like, wash what? <laughs> you didn't even get your dick wet, surely. I mean... You, Come on, a bit of class, what please. Did you, what did you say? It was an in. <laughs> it wasn't even an in and out. It wasn't even an in and out, no. It was just an in. He then goes down to the... Lake, and the pair of them are then killed off within seconds. Like, they don't even talk. Do you notice that? No. They have sex. They do not talk or say anything other than, I've got to go watch Not even a thanks. That was yeah, nice. Yeah, That was all right. <laughs> Nothing. Like, they don't even talk to each other beforehand. They kind of just go, oh, let's go and root down here. And that's it. That's all we get. So that's what I mean by fodder. These guys have barely said a word to each other. And I know they're introduced at the start. As being brought in by the police. Yeah. But that doesn't excuse the fact that you've they haven't spoken to anyone. No one. The killers reveal. Oh, God. Because, spoiler alert, people, Jason's not in this. Okay, Jason's dead. Our killer is look, looks like Jason or his MO is Jason, which... Jason killed people in a numerous, numerous ways, so I don't think he really had an MO. But this guy is one of the characters in the film. 
Yes. And the giveaway is the first time we see the blade. First time. I must admit, when I first watched this, I didn't pick up on it. I just, I don't know what I was doing. I just, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> well, I was young. I wasn't looking for it. I'm a little bit stupid anyway. Possibly because you couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably that. But the guy is, he gives it away instantly. The moment he, he, he it's, it's the ambulance driver by the name of Roy. Mm. And the moment he sees the corpse of the kid who's all chopped up, he, he makes this look, gets this look of, Oh, you know, he gives it away immediately that mm. he is probably the killer for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and then there's this piss funny scene where the police are talking. And he, yeah, he continues to do it for the rest of the movie. He sort of interrupts. Are you talking about me? You're talking about me, yeah. And then gets this sort of seedy look on his face, yeah. like, a, like a dastardly dick yeah. kind of look. And on then, his then they cut away to him standing over at the ambulance. And yeah. it's like... <laughs> and he fucking walks off. <laughs> like for the love of God, don't you don't need to give it away so fucking easily. No, it could have been anyone. They slapped you around the head four or five times. And it could have been was. Tommy. Like that would have been an interesting idea. Was that Tommy is possibly doing this? But they don't even try to no insinuate that he he might be. Yeah, like perhaps finding a body in his room with him or. The, a bloody axe or something, like someone perhaps trying to frame him? Yeah. What was going on there? Oh, I don't know. They could have done anything else but that. Yeah. I, I, they could have added anything else and it would have helped. I can't explain. I can't explain much about this movie. Fuck, explain it to me. I, I'm lost. I'd love to. I just can't. Okay. Is there anything else? Uh, I don't think so. You're still sticking with one and a half? Hmm. Honestly, you... Maybe a one. <laughs> Look, Demon's worth a one on his own. No, he's worth the half. Oh, okay. That's what the half's for. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Is it worse than the champ, which is <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell? I guess we'll find out. We will. We will watch Jason Goes to Hell and we will come back and let everyone know how that stacks up and whether it holds its title as the worst Friday the 13th movie of the series. Horror has many faces, but pure evil wears only one. And this is your final chance to see it. Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 13th at a theatre near you. Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Number nine in this series. This is the champ. We just discussed the contender, Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Mm. I gave it half a star. I believe, <laughs> I believe you find somewhere in the 1 to 1.5. Yeah. Is that correct? Something like that. Okay, we're not going to give a score right now because, you know, obviously we want to build the anticipation to see if the champ beats the contender over 12 rounds. Just some quick details about this one. It's directed by Adam Marcus, who was recently involved in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. I believe he wrote the story. Mm. 
Written by Adam Marcus, Jay Hughesley, and Dean Lauray. Dean Lauray did actually have a script produced by Disney called My Boyfriend's Back, and Jay Hughesley was involved in Magnum P.I. and its lesser-known cousin, B.L. Striker. (laughs) (laughs) It's produced by Sean Cunningham from the original Friday the 13th. It stars John D. LeMay, who was in the Friday the 13th series, and Stephen Williams from 21 Jump Street, the series, as Creighton Duke. This was a underperformer at the box office, I believe. It, it didn't particularly do that well, maybe 16 or 17 million, on a budget of about three or four. <sighs> All right. Likes on this one. Uh, <laughs> you don't, I'm you're, thinking You're not giving me any confidence I'm here. thinking No look First like Creighton Jew yeah. yeah Although he's Pretty ridiculous And he's back and forth Like one minute He's One minute he seems to be Trying to help out Then he's busting your fingers <laughs> um, But Plus he seems to have Intimate knowledge of shit That Nobody else seems to know. And, and it's never life. explained at any point in time. Never. But, uh, you know, he's kind of funny. He's got a, a couple of those moments that entertaining. The thing about the hot dogs and donuts or whatever, <laughs> that's, just, that's just weird. It's but kind, of kind of I was laughing at it because I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> Look, Stephen Williams, I, be, I, I would assume, understood the this was not to be taken seriously. Mm. And... Delivers a solid performance based on that. I thought you were going to say he ad-libbed it. <laughs> he probably did. I mean, I don't think this movie's uh, a script-writing masterclass, is it, no, anyway? say that. But he's having fun with the character. And so, vice, you know, he's a V-we, have fun with him too. Yeah. I think the movie kicks off well. I, I actually think that opening sequence where um, the, the girl goes to camp you know, there's a couple of little jump scares, you know, the lights go out, that type of thing. Yeah. Jason pops up, they then blow him to shit. I think that is actually quite a good scene. It gets the movie yeah. off on a, on, a, on a good foot. Look, the more I watch it, the more I think it's a good idea, but it's not necessarily, like, the scene itself isn't isn't all that much. Like, it, I, I like the idea, but the, as I said to you when we are watching it, it kind of reminds me more of Texas Chainsaw in a little way, the seedy little cabin and... Um, you know, it's, it's not <clears throat> teenagers in a camp or whatever. It's um, looks to me like you know mid twenties to thirties turning up for a night in a cabin somewhere. Like it just it doesn't sort of capture a Friday the Thirteenth movie for me, yeah, which I, I think was what it was supposed to be doing. And then yes, it was. Flipping it and and it head. doesn't necessarily do that as yeah. well as it probably could have. So I think yeah, I think the <clears> idea <throat> is pretty good. But I think the idea is good. Yeah, and, and I think in a way. Look, honestly, Jared, in a movie of this quality, <laughs> it's one of the standout scenes. It does actually work for the most part. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. <clears throat> I, think, that's the, I my... think the ending, the, the result of it is a standout, but yeah. the scene itself is, yeah. Underwhelming in your there. mind? It's there. John LeMay, the leading man, Stephen, yeah. he is one of the more engaging leading men. He's at yeah, least he's charismatic in yeah. a way. He's not a bad actor. He does the best with the material he's got. 
Look, they never actually explain what he does for a living or what he's doing at Crystal Lake. That's all just... He's just a random dude sitting at the diner when we first Ugh. meet him. That's the least of my worries of the things that aren't explained. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I want to know where he came from. <laughs> the other thing that I think does work well is that actual kill involving the two people fucking in the tent. Where he puts the bloody, I think it's a tent spike or something, through her and then cuts her in half. Yeah. I think that's really cool. It actually looks really good and it's quite grotesque. Probably one of the best kills in the in the franchise. Anything else? <laughs> Anything. I don't, think, I don't think I can go much further than that. Okay. Dislikes. I'm going to start off by ranting... And getting back to the idea that Crystal Lake are a bunch of dirty pricks. <laughs> because, once again, we've got people going out and peeing in the bushes and not fucking cleaning up after themselves. Or <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to me, Jared, and I think we had, we had this discussion whilst we were watching the movie, that it's not sex equals death. And I believe we talked about this in part five, too. Yeah. It's not sex equals death. It's... <laughs> It's a regular bowel movement <laughs> or a regular bladder movement and you're in trouble with yeah, Jason. exactly. Now, obviously, Jason, God forbid there was a, yeah, it was curry night at the local restaurant because <laughs> Jason couldn't keep up with demand. You know, supply and demand on bowel movements was keeping him right up to yeah, date. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, just it's, another it's, one of these things um, that just... You know, chicken korma <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Lake. Uh, Crystal Lake, Lake RSL. <laughs> Jason's gone, off. Oh, fuck, I'm going to need to really be on my toes. I'm going to chase around everyone. Yeah, I agree. Like, I just... There doesn't seem to be any other way to separate people. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't even fall back into the old classic, you know, sort of madman style... I'm going to go look for him. If I'm not back in 10, you come alone looking for me. Yeah. And I didn't get in that right there side, right, look, someone's <laughs> got to go and take a piece of a bowl. In this one, it's, <laughs> if he's not back in 10, I'm busting in there and knocking <laughs> on his lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, again, it, it comes back to the, the franchise has this thing about bodily functions and... <laughs> And splitting people up from groups by, oh, I've got to go take a piss or I've got to go take a shit or whatever, <laughs> yeah. especially in these two films. Yeah. Jason does not look great. No, he looks pretty bad. He's used very sparingly in this movie, and that's another yeah. dislike. He's not probably, he's not in it enough, and I think fans were very disappointed in that. Yeah, well, I mean, the reason's clear, because they went for that, they went for the, the different approach of him, you know, <laughs> being... <laughs> We don't know whether we don't know what he is. He changes the changes the method of moving from body to body that many times. I'm not actually sure what he is. Ask Creighton Duke because he knows everything. Um, but, uh, he's yeah, some he sort of alien fucking monster or something. Uh, I don't know. But when you when you actually do see him, who doubles as a heart, whatever he feels like. <laughs> when you actually do see him. It doesn't look good. Uh, I like. I agree with you. I like the fact that his his mask is kind of glued to his face, like it's kind of grown over the top yeah. of it. But just the whole the whole look of him, the clothing, the the, the rest of the special effects, the tufts of hair and shit like that, yeah, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, and you, you can tell all that shit is makeup. Like it's really yeah. it on there. It doesn't work as well as like I think for me in that. Once they got to that point of 
designing him like he was sort of decomposing and, and that sort of thing. Part 7 did it really well. Yeah. And I don't think it's been bettered. No, it hasn't. Okay, Jason gets blown up in the first few minutes. Mm. Why are we doing an autopsy on this fucking... I don't dude? know. He is... <laughs> he is fucking just missed, well, mate. He's gone. Well, I was going to say... Don't worry about a body bag. Just get the hose out. Yeah. There wasn't much left. He, well, there shouldn't have been much left. Yeah. But when they actually get to the autopsy, he's in like large chugs. <laughs> yeah. But like we were saying, you know, why? Why we doing Again, the autopsy? I, I, yeah. I prefer an explanation more about you know knives that turn into fucking you know swords and shit. Yeah, head of. Why he's getting autopsy, but still, there's the questions that need to be asked. Yeah, according to, you know, from what I can tell, I'm not, I'm not a coroner. I'm not an expert. <laughs> but um, I would assume you've just gone in there and gone, okay, um, let's start the autopsy. Uh, yep. Uh, cause of death confirmed. You fucking blew him up. <laughs> we got that. We saw that. And, and, you know, again, it's not suspicious. <laughs> no, there's nothing suspicious So we're not checking it over for possible issues. There seems to be large, uh, large contingent there to witness the fact that he actually got blown up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's enough <laughs> coppers who can who can verify. Yeah, yeah the bike's fucking gone. Yeah, I don't know what we needed to confirm there. We found a small amount of his entrails <laughs> in front of the trees. <laughs> Other than that, the rest of him just pulped. I think the biggest issue with this film is the over-explanation of a franchise that had been basically just carbon copy after carbon copy. Yeah. And it stuck to a specific formula for eight films. Well, it's kind of... It's it was late. a combo of over-explanation and under-explanation. <laughs> <laughs> really. If that can happen. Because, which clearly well, it can. Because, because, look, you know, I'm happy to... I'm happy for for, for you to try <laughs> something different, okay? I would absolutely love to see Peter Jackson's take on... Nightmare on Elm Street, for example. Give me a new idea. I'm I'm happy to happy to hear it, happy to watch it. But if you're going this far removed, <laughs> and you you're coming up with like you said this over explanation that Jason can do this and that, you've gone into a whole another territory. But then you you under explain every every other aspect. We don't know who. We, Creighton Duke knows a hell of a lot, but we don't know how the fuck he knows any of it. For he's starters. a bounty hunter and he's in a massive compound. <laughs> he's a fucking he's just, compound. If only he'd let us into the compound <laughs> and see how he gathered all this knowledge. Because he knows everything. He's got some get... sort of database or yeah. one of the boards with all the fucking strings on it. Oh, I don't know. He's got something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he doesn't doesn't tell us any of it. He's got a magic knife. I want to know where he got this magic knife. <laughs> Uh, I think he might have got it out of legend or something yeah. like that. But then every time you um every time you see Jason move from one body to another, he does it in a different way. Or, you know, he's shaving someone's face <laughs> and there's no explanation why he needs to shave the face when the body that he's jumping out of has quite a fine mustache. Like, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't get it. <laughs> Better shave the bow off <laughs> yeah. this guy to get it into him, even though I'm carrying, I'm cracking a bow as, as yeah. we speak. Yeah, I don't know when he was in there, whether he started thinking, <laughs> is his moustache a little bit itchy or something? I better 
Better give this I fucking fresh. mustache is getting in the way. Better get it off the neck. <laughs> give him fresh shave in the next Perhaps one. Perhaps grab a guy who's not a fucking nowhere. <laughs> that might be a better option. But, you know, like we're saying, the first one, the bloke eats the heart. Then he's Jason. Then he passes it on through the mouth, shaves. <laughs> but then, you know, nobody, when they're Jason, they're not talking. One of them grunts a little bit. Then by the end of the movie, someone's talking when Jason's in it, like because it's, it's trying to do the whole. Shot. Which one is it? Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just about just about broke my head trying to keep up with it. <laughs> right. I thought right. I was gonna. I thought my head was gonna melt like that blank did in the movie. <laughs> my um, my problem with all that problem shit about. <laughs> About shaving too, is it, Jason? Jason, look, we've seen Jason's face over eight films, right? He's hardly a grooming sort of guy. <laughs> now, he's an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. So he probably doesn't really know how to lather up and shave a guy. No, he's more likely to just cut his head off with a machete. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's more his MO. Yeah. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Hence this film. Um, <laughs> explain the timeline. They do start trying to explain the timeline and explain that Jason had a sister and all this kind of stuff, and you are on fucking shaky ground with that after <laughs> the ninth movie. You're in the ninth movie. You're springing you that on us. Jesus. Oh, could you imagine the pitch meeting? Oh, I know it. Let's explain that Jason had a sister. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. You would have thought most producers of that would have just gone, so that's where we are. Is it, you know, we're getting this we're getting the sisters and family members right. Might be time to shut it down. Yeah. Exactly. But so, Sean Cunningham was loving it. He must have been because it ain't, this got green lit. I love how he you mentioned it. I love how he's um you look at him on the Crystal Lake docos and that. He's always Always got a reason why, yeah, yeah, we, you know, of course this, know course this but you know, he's always, of course this didn't work because it's got this and that, but like you said, he's the producer, he's, he's, he okay's the, this he's okaying it all, so he's obviously all for it, and then he, then he, he decides. He watches the finished product, <laughs> <laughs> like we just no, no, Too slow, speed up a few frames. But... <laughs> no, but it's like, uh, if you watch Crystal Lake, um, you watch Crystal Lake Memories, you see... Adam Marcus says at one point that Cunningham was on board and was happy with this, and then Cunningham later on basically says that it was never going to work. It was never going to work. He lays it all. It. Yeah, he lays it all at Marcus's feet. And, and yet so, Marcus actually says too, doesn't he, that Cunningham didn't want Jason in it. Yeah, exactly. Move the hockey mask. I'm, I tend to think that I'm on Marcus's side. I think Cunningham does make these calls and then he's quick to just sort of turn around and say, no, someone else screwed it up. Exactly. But you're trying to explain a timeline nine movies in. Just don't bother. Yeah. We, we, we're, we're past all that. The music. Harry Manfredini's back for his ninth go round and fuck me, bro. <laughs> he has phoned it in across other films. This is phoned it in. Oh, mate. Like, oh, here we get his... <laughs> and then occasional the the, the signature yeah that's it the only way I could describe it is how I said, said it to you it sounds like 
somebody they put somebody with a twitch on a keyboard <laughs> and just kept d- 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 just kept hitting the keys by accident or something there was nothing to it yeah nothing and it was the same it was always the same bit of music yeah god and no matter what the scene entailed yeah we were still getting it yep I think that this this is probably the, the final dislike in my book, but when you get to a magic sword, <laughs> you, <laughs> you've probably hit rock bottom. <laughs> Look, we're talking oh, about a I mean, there's only one phase lower, and that's space. <laughs> No, we've already uh, we've already been over this. That was high. Magic sword is it outranks uh, space on the shit stakes. <laughs> you know, the, the um, judging where your franchise is, right? so, yeah, yeah. whether it's hit rock bottom. These days, you don't say, "Oh, look, send you to space. We, we, we've got nothing. We're devoid of ideas." You go, "We've had the magic sword." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, we've been to space. What next, man? Um. No, oh, jeez. When, <laughs> when when Duke threw the sword and she's caught it and it just goes, you know, the, the special effects come out. Everything glowed, by the way. Too. Mm-hmm. Everything was glowing. A lot of orange. A lot of orange glowing. Boom, 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 and it was um, so, yeah, there was a bit of an orange glow on the magic sword and it turned into a magic sword. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know... You know, we were watching He-Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> I have the power! Um, it also reminded me of, like, a sword and sorcery film. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the end it did. I know that sounds stupid, but it, it, it did. It, it kind of, that sequence where he throws the sword and she catches it. Yeah. He throws it off and she catches it and it turns into this. It just reminded me of something you'd seen, you know. Never any story or anything like that, you know? Well, um, much like the uh, Friday the 13th series, you've said that was the final like, a dislike, but I've got another one. Right. The Muppet Hand. (laughs) (laughs) When he's getting pulled down. Yeah, when he's getting dragged to hell. Hell is obviously a Jim Henson movie or something. (laughs) I think hell might be Fraggle Rock. (laughs) (laughs) It's Jim Henson produced, obviously, because they're Muppet hands. So (laughs) you get everything bar a song. (laughs) I was expecting when he was getting pulled to hell, I was expecting a little bit of manamana or something like that. I was actually expecting those two guys up in the rafters going, that fucking shit was terrible. (laughs) That movie sucked. (laughs) Now we had a different difference of opinion of the last scene. You yeah. You think it's so again, like um, like Friday the Thirteenth. We've said again twice. We've said it's a final movie, final yeah. like, final dislike. Okay, yeah. And we've still got. More. We've still yeah, got no, more but this offer. isn't really a dislike. I think this is more of just a. Well, it's a dislike for you. Yeah, my I I think it's cheap. I think it's a fucking cheap gimmick that. Brings nothing to the table. Maybe it brought something to the table back in 1993, but it brought nothing to the table considering Freddie and Jason came out 10 years later. Yeah, see, I was. Totally Hindsight's different. a wonderful thing, but quite frankly, I think it looks fucking terrible. Uh, I, was, I was different. I, I thought it was. I don't mind a bit of that fan service stuff. And at the time, that was. That sent people into a lather. I tell you, guaranteed it sent you into a lather. <laughs> 
Yeah, I probably got laminated. You know, really, I you... thought this movie was fucking awesome. <laughs> when you do that, you're not sitting there going, "All right, well, fuck." That was uh, that was a nice little. Uh, nice little thing to give the feds. Now we'll just make them wait 10 years for, for the <laughs> yeah, next movie. It was sort of, you know, hindsight on that. The only thing I really didn't like about it is that it's clearly not Robert Englund doing the laugh. They've just got some random bloke to walk into the studio and record a laugh. <laughs> it doesn't well, sound like... One of the people, that they just recorded some audience reactions yeah, to the yeah. movie. Yeah, test screening. And they've got some bloke <laughs> giggling. Oh, that sounds enough like Freddie. We'll use that. Yeah, but well, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound anything like Freddie. Just, just to sort of, yeah, for me to really strengthen my case about the Freddie Jason thing. Mate, they were not making Freddie and Jason in 1993. Um, I don't care what they were doing. For the Freddie franchise was a fucking was was making money. This shit was going downhill. Uh, it New was... Line Cinema may have owned both rights, but they weren't prepared to put them together. Well, that shit was going downhill, to... and Freddie so Freddie <laughs> Freddy wasn't Freddie wasn't far behind. Freddie turned into a wise greggy asshole yeah. by then. But 1993. So what was that? That was up to Freddie's dead. Five, oh, Freddie's dead. So Freddie's dead made shit loads of money. Yeah, I know, but I think anyone that watched Freddie's dead <laughs> knew this is the last time we're making shit loads of money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because anyone that saw that is not coming back. And that's right. So you put Freddie's dead. And Jason goes to hell, and you think you're putting a pair of them together in a movie, you make a lot of money. Yeah. You're not. So I think New Line went, oh, we love that ending. Well, look. And don't do that. Put it this way. Freddy's Dead <laughs> was Freddy's Dead was called Freddy's Dead to try and cash in. Yeah. So both franchises were diminishing. Yeah. So I think I think they were. I think they were. They I think were, they were intending to put them together. That was a pipe dream. That, that scene, although for the fans, was basically a pipe dream back then. I don't well, think they ever thought that. that but I don't enough. think it was, see, because this one, like you said, this one hit the skids. It was Jason's dead because that franchise was was wearing thin. Freddy's dead, exactly the same thing. What do we do? We're not making money. Shit, we better say, we're going to kill Freddy in this one. So everyone runs out to see it. They yeah. did it with both franchises. So I think they did intend at some point to to do it. I think there was something there. I don't know. I don't know. At the point where this scene was made, I think it was more just a little bit of the fan service. Yeah. So I agree with you on that together point, at some point. But I don't know. I wouldn't <clears> quite say it's a pipe dream because both of them were going down the toilet. So they'll look at it. <laughs> look at it anyway to to extend them. <laughs> to revive their flaggy fortune. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Is that is that is that it? Just yeah, I think twice? that's all of it. Right. Now. Except with, unless you want to do the next podcast in space. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Where this po- you'll know where this podcast. I've got a magic end. sword out the back we'll of the out. too. I'm not going to tell you where we where I got it. I'm just going to tell you I got one. Look, you, you'll realise that when this podcast is going to wrap itself up, we'll be talking about how we're dueling with magic swords, <laughs> and we were in space the week before. I think you can fair to say we're finished, and then we'll label this one "Thrill Me Is Dead." <laughs> Try and bring in the flaggy fortune. Yeah. Look. Shit, that would have been the second episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been doing that since episode fucking five, I think. Okay. Give it to me straight. Out of five. Uh, Taking into account you gave one of the teams past five. One and a half, I think. Did I give it one and a half? Maybe it was a one. Okay. I think it was a one. Taking into account. Uh, I think this one's a one and a half. This is a one and a half? This is a one and a half. As I said, I'm I'm okay with, with... uh, seeing a different take on this stuff. Obviously, I like your sort of classic slasher formula, but I also realise it can get a bit tired. So I'm happy to watch a different take on it. The, th- yeah, the thing is, you've got to be pretty 
It would be pretty crafty with it. This one probably wasn't. Nah. So I give it a little bit of credit for trying something different. It didn't work out very well at all, but I think I still find this movie a little bit more interesting than part five. The only thing I get out of part five is laughs. <laughs> Basically. Um, so at least this one, I don't know, like you said, there's a, there's a couple of okay sort of kills. There's not a lot of, not a lot of atmosphere or drama or anything like that, but... No. Um, but carrying the biggest, I think the biggest thing against it is that it's so far removed. It's not people, people that love the Friday the Thirteenth series. I can see why they hate it. Yeah. So look, I'm with you. This is a one and a half star film. I was actually close to giving it two. Hmm. I was really close to giving it two. I'll, I'll stick with the one and a half. I have a real problem with five. I can't stand five. Well, no, I know you've got real problems. Yeah, I, I, you don't I, even laugh as you don't even laugh as much anymore when oh no, no girl I is uh, singing on the toilet. Oh, look, that that has been that that my passion for that has been reignited. <laughs> did this, but I I don't like five. I've never liked five. I, I find it is a just a just a turd all round. Mm. This is not good, but it is. Trying to do something different with a franchise that was at the absolute end of its rope. It was finished. You can't make the same movie eight times <laughs> and then expect fans to continue to roll out for a ninth time that's exactly the same. Yeah. So I understand why they went that way. The problem is, the problem with this is, it's pretty poorly directed. Yeah. It's just basically very, very sort of averagely directed. There's all those unexplained elements that we don't get any closure on. But what it's got in its favour that Five hasn't got is that the characters are actually interacting with each other and are linked to each other in some capacity and and it all falls back around so we, we sort of see them killed off. Five has nothing like that. Five is just a group of little short films. Vignettes. Yeah, vignettes that have been fucking stitched together. Most of them are shit. So I give this film a bit of credit for going down the path it went. Yeah. So we have a we have, we have a new winner. We have a new champ. The worst film in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise is Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Mm. According to the Thrill Me podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think I can't believe we're in agreement on that. I know. Jesus. Well, like you were. You know, I'm sure you were really close to giving Jason X a run, but I'm just not, no, not no, going to no. allow it. Look. Jason X is, is just working its way out. I'll tell you why Jason X doesn't get a run in this conversation. is because this is the one that turned the franchise in the opposite direction. So the others were trying to either take it seriously or just carbon copy. This one took it away from all that, and Jason X was just the next logical step. You couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah, there so was we a went, whole lot. Yeah, we went to this... Sort of, you know, self-referential, humorous stuff. That, but Nine had done it first. Well, I'll tell you what, we could have gone into some sort of ghoulies-type movie judged on a little demon baby that was crawling around. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the final wash-up, it's a, it's a, a unanimous decision. Yeah. Friday the judges Part 5, in the minds of the Thrilling Podcast judges, is the worst of the franchise. Yes. And Jason Goes to Hell... Is the second worst. Yeah. 
And if you make that, if you make me watch both these movies ever again, yeah. three months apart again, I'm just going to explode. That's it. You're off. Awesome. Oh, yeah. you, that's it. You, you're chucking I'm it all. Head, I'm heading in my resignation the next okay. day. Okay. Look, thanks for joining us on such a, an important topic of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank everyone who's downloading our episodes, and um, I hope you're enjoying them. Until until we come back next week, um, have a good. Uh, Time, we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.